now many years, so almost 15 years. So it has been the journey. As a human being, I feel that uh, uh, whenever you look back, right right now I'm in my mid-30s. Now I recently turned uh, 35. So what I've realized is, uh, is that uh, with time you see that uh, you you can always look back and you feel that you're in a better place than you were before because you get more clarity with time. And I feel that that, that is true for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's it's a very uh, in-depth introduction and we expect nothing but depth from you, knowing you from the knowing you through your words for the past few years. So now deep diving into uh, the headline or the, the tag of the session that my idea was to unleash the power of thoughts and words. And I intend on doing that with the kind of conversation we have today. So in terms of thought process, right? Because everyone has a unique thought process. So for our listeners, like, let me tell you what are the few different kinds of thought process that people have and what I've had as and when I've grown. And then Shakti, I'd like to add how your thought process has evolved. Now, the most primary one is nothing but like a perceptual thought process. Whatever someone asks you, you reflect upon that question based on your experiences, your perception. The next comes conceptual or abstract, where you try to mm. mix your perceptions with certain experiences that you've known and not experienced. Then, then the other is reflective. And this is all I have seen a change in my as in when I'm matured because I'm also nearing 30s now. I'll be 13 a year or so. So this is how my thought process has evolved. And since the time I've been writing, I've gotten into a very creative thought process. Obviously, I have a love-hate relationship with creativity because when I want it to come, it doesn't come. And when it comes, I'm preoccupied with, with something or the other. And uh, yeah. as, as a part of my work, obviously, I have to be highly critical in terms of uh, making projects. So that thought, that thought process is is very mapped to to my work life but one thought process which really fascinates me which i'm sure uh, you'd be able to connect or resonate with a lot is your a non-directive or a associative thinking where where from from where i sit in my room in my line of sight there is there is a liverpool poster and it's a very plain poster and i keep looking at that poster and i keep thinking of multiple thoughts and try to connect those thoughts and then try to create a maze of those thoughts and then that's when I feel enlightened and that's when I start pinning down my thoughts and, and that's my journey as like a writer for the last like six, seven years when I've been writing multiple things about abstract existential things. So, so how your thought process has evolved purely from a point of writer as a deep thinker because like if you were having this conversation in, in the early 1800s or 1900s in a, in a uh, Greek uh, civilization in one alley we both of both of us would be one tagged as philosophers who have nothing but yeah. talk about meaningful things so but now uh, tell me about like w these different thought processes how you have evolved from in your early 20s in your late 20s and just your your thoughts around writing and the topics you choose so you you came up with a very good uh, example there like I'm a Liverpool fan myself and uh, Let's start with the poster. Let's go with the poster to establish the premise here. So you look at something like it could be anything. Like it could be a poster, uh, you know, muddled with red because Leopold is red. Or for that matter, if you look at uh, scenery, uh, a common 
nature scenery and it's it's like occupied with uh, green right so what happens is you you kind of indulge yourself in those colors and from that from from that pattern you, your mind comes up with ideas like you look at a, a, a branch and you look at those leaves and you start connecting stuff which aren't supposed to be connected but somehow in your mind they connect like you look at the greenness of leaves and you say that are they envious of you or some stuff like that like so you create stuff which aren't there and this has been my process like uh, obviously uh, it has evolved in the sense that uh, when i was younger i used to uh, be in of uh, uh, other writers like uh, uh, all the writers that who must have like obviously influenced me because that's how creativity works creativity can't be done on your own shoulder you have to stand on somebody else's sh- shoulders right so uh, the change that i've noticed is uh, when i was younger i used to be in like how do you say like you you are like basically submerged in someone else's work and what you try to do is you try to imbibe certain qualities that those writers or those personalities or those stories have and you try to think or believe that you might be able to get at least 20% out of that some day hopefully but as you start writing and start creating your own style and you 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 kind of become yourself you realize that i don't need to be like chekhov or i don't need to be like manto or i don't need to be like all these people who i love who i adore so eventually you'll reach a stage where you won't feel obliged you won't feel indebted to any of these writers or any of these creators because at the end of the day all these artists uh, or for the matter any human being if you really really uh, dive into it they are all creators your father might not be might might not be calling himself a creative person but he creates wealth he creates a living and by that standard and by that yardstick he is a creator so everybody is a creator in some form or the other and uh, my particular journey has been in in kind of like trying to create that distance between who i was or who i used to like admire and trying to find myself as an independent entity which is a very difficult place to be because uh, how are you going to deny where you come from how are you going to be independent in a true sense it's not going to happen and uh, that is a fight as a as a writer as a creator there's always going to be the fight like uh, we live in the meme culture and if you really look around everything is a is a derivative of a derivative of a derivative everything is a meme of a meme of a meme and if you if you're going to be independent how are you going going to stand on your own so uh, that is, these are the questions that i keep asking myself and uh, if you read my blogs or if you uh, uh, see whatever i write and uh, you'll notice that i try to reduce the derivation i try to put it out there uh, in the simplest form but m- more often than not it it fails because that's how creative process is supposed to be it's supposed to fail it's supposed to fail to such an extent that what you're left with is success because you're not answerable to anyone it's your journey you created and actually you created for your own mirth but it looks like you're seeking validation but uh, in in real essence you are actually creating it so that something is left of you something will outlast you obviously this sounds very grandiose but uh, i feel that is the way i look at it 
I'm pretty sure like others may not, but mm-hmm. this this is how I look at the whole process of creating, or for that matter, writing. Got it. It's a it's a very it's a very great analogy, and one of the points that I'd like to probe you more on is you said that uh, like my father might not might not know he's a creator, but he's creating wealth. So, in in this particular scenario, can I say the more efforts he puts onto creative wealth is some form of creativity, and then we conclude to this to we come to this very uh, myth that exists in the market or in the in the usual day to day conversations that you can be creative, but unless you put that into hard work, it doesn't actually result in success. But then now. with this analogy can i say that hard work is a subset of creativity obviously like i that's that's what i i've always tried to understand like why do we emphasize creativity in such a manner that it becomes like redundant so when we think of creative right we always think of the singers we think of the painters we think of the artists and the and the and the collaborators and all those people we put on pedestal and we totally totally deny that creativity is 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 the is is the most essential element of being like if you are a human being you have to be creative there's no way you're going to going to breathe without being creative like from the curtains you choose for yourself from the way you arrange your tiffin to the way you used to arrange your uh, pen pencil and eraser in your so called compass box in during the school days all those were elements of creativity it's just that nobody told you that you were creative because our society especially in our culture in indian culture or should i say subcontinental culture creativity is not appreciated because we come from a very uh, dawning history where where the colonial anger is so strong that our parents don't appreciate creativity so people don't go around patting the back of creative kids but in reality everybody is creative the way you hold the spoon to everything is creative because that's what makes human beings human beings so to answer your question a person who makes money or a person who is in business or is selling stuff something it could be anything from a pillow cover to a real estate piece whatever like that person is creative without being creative there's no way he is going to he or she is going to sustain but the fact of the matter is we have created this very redundant subset of individuals who we try to call creative you know why because we we kind of put their creativity on pedestal like i can't sing obviously i can't sing but if i train enough i'll, I'll sing someday obviously yeah. that's going to happen right so i this this whole creative creative analogy is so convoluted and it is so drained of logic it's like the way you started the conversation right if we were talking the way we are talking right now let's say uh, two centuries ago we would have been called philosophers but in reality what we are talking about is the most basic stuff it's the most common sensical stuff but in today's world it's called philosophy because uh, that that's what we do when when we don't want to uh, naturalize something we give it a pedestal which it actually doesn't deserve but we call them philosophers but in reality what those people are doing is they are saying the most basic stuff the kind of stuff which is which which is like right in front of your eyes just that somebody tells you and then you look at it and you're like ah oh, you go like that but in reality it's a very basic stuff right so the same same logic the same principles applied applies to uh creativity or the field of creativity which 
for for matters uh, uh, I I would say uh, social more than cultural. Uh, it has it has become more and more narrow, and it, it, I hope the next generation will correct this. But right now it is very narrow, like uh, the way we use the word creative. It is getting more and more and more narrow, and it's not going to help anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And even like I remember, oh, I remember a situation from my first year in college, and we were in engineering, mm-hmm. we were sitting in a group, and uh, the question was, what would be your alternative life choice, life profession? except for being or except for owning money or except for owning success and uh, my immediate response was that yes i <laughs> i aspire to be a philosopher and uh, then you know a lot of people throw back their apprehensions and tag you as like baba and gyanu and all those terms they throw at you as to which they in their head relate to something whenever a term like philosopher is coined and uh, at that point i didn't have a come back to them as to why i chose that I, or why i wanted that decision but then uh, the definition the true definition of uh, philosophy as you said we it's very commonsensical that you keep thinking of a particular topic until and unless you're satisfied of the meaning that the topic is trying to tell you and it's very subjective so so exactly. i mean more and more people get educated more and more people spend time on thinking is when i think thinking itself can be normalized because not a lot of time not a lot of people actually spend enough time thinking in a day because they're so they're so drained up they're so caught up in the rat race that that we live in and uh, i'm not sure how what sort of impact it has on their mental health but but talking I, about I can, yeah go on I can only uh, uh, the the only way we can understand what is going on is by not pretending to sleep most of them what happens is like we it's not that if if i ask someone right uh, uh, are you happy or simple questions like are you happy or uh, uh, do you really think that you're leading a very meaningful life or if not a very meaningful or at least a meaningful life uh, it's not that they don't know the answer it's just that they feel that yaar ye sawal like your question hurts me type right so this is what it is like uh, when when some when you were at your younger stage right and you you had a very clear understanding of what you would be happy at and that could be philosophy there was clarity there was some sense of clarity it could be a misguided clarity but there was some clarity and had had there been like a proper uh, educational structure around it you might have like been the thinkers and obviously this is something you love like right but let's say, let's say, let's talk about the structural side the structural side will always be empathetic towards uh, jobs in the sense like things that give you security and what gives you security a job in uh, fmg uh, cg or uh, a job as an engineer or a doctor or some medical professional so these are the things that are structured so when when this is the setup that we have in place right it's always going to be difficult for individuals who have some 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 clarity यार मेरे को ये करना है बट कोई है ही नहीं बताने वाला लाइक इमेजिन इन आर सिनारियो चाइल्ड गोइंग अप टू द पेरेंट्स एंड टेलिंग के आर आई वांट टू बी फिलोसोफर द पेरेंट्स विल विल ऑब्वियसली बी लाइक थोड़ा सा दे विल बी लाइक नॉट शैटर्ड दे विल बी लाइक यू सेड दे विल बी एप्रिहेंसिव कि यार करना क्या है मतलब हाउ एग्जैक्टली गो अबाउट इट नाउ दीज आर द क्वेश्चंस ऑफ आवर टाइम्स लाइक होपफुली दिस 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 these barriers will will be overcome in the coming 
years if not generations uh, but i think we need to we need to channel if not if not our energy because uh, it takes too much out of us but uh, at least some amount of time and some kind of understanding ki matlab yaar these things matter these kind of questions matter because until unless you don't ask these kind of questions right the answers will never come out they will stay hidden got got now now wanted to pick your brain on another concept i think you spoke about this concept a while back because we we live in a day and age where we consume more content than we consume food and if i if yeah. i give you if you give you if i give you an analogy of like a computer right like if you keep feeding your computer with more and more data over a, after a period of time it becomes really slow it starts hanging up and that's that's the same kind of scenario which is happening with our brains because i read this stat pre lockdown pre the initial lockdown an average user was spending i think 35 to 40 minutes on instagram on a daily basis that number is one and a half two hours and since then we've seen instagram pushing a lot of short content a lot of varied kind of content so the question here is like what sort of content you munch on or or what sort of content inspires you and a broader question is as a human being because i know you've thought about it as a human being how much content like can we consume uh, i think it depends on person to person right like uh, before pandemic right i remember like reading a lot about lot of things but uh, over over the past uh, uh, close to 15 months i think uh, i i realized that i decided here i'll go to twitter for certain things like sports related updates mostly football related updates on instagram i'll be focusing on uh, dogs like basically i love dog videos and uh, these old cute memes and so i know that i'm going for this and i'm not going to be distracted by anything else so this is a, this is like a, a personal trajectory that i've decided okay i'm not going to spend even a minute on facebook so that is that has worked for me for over one and a half years now and uh, so I, i've kind of like segregated my time like okay, i'm going to spend this much time obviously this doesn't work out on a daily basis but i think uh, over a over a period of maybe a week i i might be sticking to the plan ki matlab yaar this is what i'm going to do uh, but uh, you rightly pointed out pointed out how instagram has uh, uh, kind of uh, boosted their uh, presence in in the pandemic world because they realize ki yaar log to bahar nikalne nahi hai so they will stay home and they will keep on scrolling and they realize ki yaar they need to push for reel and all this short uh, contents and it has worked like miraculously for them uh, which is understandable that is what they are supposed to do and uh, as a person as a human being what we should be doing is like we should be knowing where we are investing our time on right so uh, ideal way to do it is ki yaar find a balance between things you know for a fact that it is adding value to you it's bringing smiles and uh, anything opposite of stress and anxiety but i don't know how people do that like personally i do it because i've been around for a while now i understand how how the dynamics work uh, mm-hmm. but uh, i wonder about how young people do that like how how do they understand what is good for them and what isn't because nobody is going to teach them or tell them or take them separately or you know that's not going to happen they have to figure this thing out on their own and i i don't worry about them because it's a new generation and they'll figure out their own stuff in their own time but uh, the stat that you shared right that is that is worrisome if you really look at it like three times the average is 
it's actually worrisome because what are you going to do with what how are you how, how do you how do you place it because you're not moving it's not like uh, instagram is advising you to keep on moving taking short walks inside your inside the confinement of your apartment they are not doing that right you are you are like a sloth stationed at one place most probably and just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and kind of hypnotized by your own screen i really don't know how healthy it is I, i'm pretty sure it's unhealthy but i really yeah. don't know how healthy it could be yeah so one more like all this all this stuff that we do right we go going through videos going through this that it comes under a in my opinion comes under a broader spectrum of procrastination right because they were supposed to do something and then they were caught up doing something yeah. else and uh, Very true. for me like even even i'm an engineer right so like i find extreme joy in in finding formulas like converting subjective things into objective things like a is equal to b plus c kind of things so mm-hmm. like one night when i was thinking about procrastination because like our brain works in a very it's no priority stack we will have certain priorities and we will do those things as per the priorities like if i am supposed to invest now i know it's a priority but should i do it now because the portals won't close there is no there is no hard and fast rule that i have to do tonight today although it's a priority at the back of my head but i just procrastinated it so one definition that i it made sense in my head was prioritization is equal to two words right prioritizing your distractions because your brain will still prioritize something or the other because it has to work in a functional way but then now instead of prioritizing your actualities you're prioritizing distractions so in 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 practice i'm not relaxed at all or maybe i am i don't know or maybe mostly i'm not because uh, let's say i, I have to uh, submit certain thing it could be a uh, some assignment or whatever right and i have to do that and uh, in my mind i figure out like how, how am i going to do that so what happens is when your mind knows kind of this what is supposed to be done right so then you kind of tell yourself hey mujhe to pata hai kya i'm going to do it so why do i need to worry about it i can do it at the last instance so this is the arrogance of practice or arrogance of experience and then what happens is you keep on wasting time you spend time on youtube watching uh, norm mcdonald's videos or uh, some other podcast or you are just constantly like consuming content which we just addressed and you you are kind of relaxed obviously you are relaxed because physically you are not moving and but mentally you are not relaxed because you are consuming and consuming and consuming so in your mind you like you rightly said you are distracted but you are like prioritize your distraction in the sense like i'm going to spend time on youtube and i'm going to spend like an an hour on it and then maybe i'll read three more articles on uh, some other like guardian or whatever and then i'll move on to my work and so i don't know whether this is uh, this is something which is advisable at least for the younger folks but mm-hmm. uh, what i realized is like i feel ke matlab yaar that arrogance is there ke matlab yaar i'll be able to figure it out like i know ke matlab yaar this need this needs to be done by 2 o'clock i'll be able to figure it out whether i really crack it by 2 o'clock is something else but in my mind i've done that so sometimes this is how i function but most of the time i'm very diligent like i'm i'm diligent to the t um i i need to start my day at 7 uh, i need to hmm. be up and going so but on days when i feel ke matlab yaar i can i can procrastinate 
these are the things I do. And uh, I, I, I believe that uh, uh, distraction works differently for different people. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, sometimes I've noticed that uh, during, a, during a work call, I'll be like distracted by some bird or whatever outside. And, uh, and then, I'll, then I'll come back to my senses and I'll be like, I'm, I'm actually very weak. Maybe mentally I'm weak because uh, other people may not be that distracted. Maybe they are focused yeah. and I'm not. So these are the these are the learnings and kind of realizations that I have on a daily basis. Got it. So if if I would say like if distraction is an output metric, the input metric for that is attention. Because now I'll put you on the pedestal of the the creator economy. You are a creator on on multiple social platforms, and uh, to a certain extent, you are also fighting for people's attention through your work. And that's the yeah. reason you put out. But in your case, and something that I believe that rather than consuming content which enables you to scroll more, I believe in content which compels you to take a take a pause and think, compels you to think. Now, what does this term followers mean to you? Because you, are, you represent uh, the creator economy, the creator ecosystem. And uh, I, I read on your blog, in one of your blog, and I was mind blown. The, the definition of followers that you had, that they, they are readers who aren't invested enough in your project as you are. And uh, I think that analogy kind of, like, it absolutely blew me. So how do you think we can change that? How do you think we can, we can turn their attention I, into their investment? So what I've understood by, by, my, by my experience, so I started quite early, like, uh, I... Uh, started blogging in 2007. I joined uh, Facebook that same year. And unlike other people, I wasn't up uploading photographs uh, of my birthday or whatever. Like I was constantly writing stuff and sharing stuff. And I used to post like rubbish, basically, early days of basically. And then I joined Twitter the next year in 2008. So uh, I've been I've been around for a while. So uh, my understanding of followers whom I started addressing as readers later uh, has been kind of Kind of uh, not uh, earlier it was very self-indulgent now it has become like kind of iso isolationary like in the sense that earlier i used to depend in the sense that if if i'm writing something i need to have certain number of reach like if i'm this is, this is like early twitter days when i used to be popular on twitter uh, uh back then like if tweet didn't go viral or something i used to be like are yari kuch gaya hai so I mentally, obviously, I didn't tell this to anyone, but mentally, I used to feel that something has to go out, and this is this is kind of the kind of the uh, pushback I kept on, like, and I felt that this is how I need to try myself. But slowly over the years, I realized, you know, yeah, this is not a very healthy or this is not something which is sustainable, uh, and uh, slowly I realized, you know, it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter, uh, but. Uh, uh, at this age, uh, right now we are in 2021, and uh, I finally reached that state where I feel that your readers, whom I used to address as followers earlier, is that they will never be as invested in whatever you're creating as you are. Now that sounds these these faceless people who have been consuming, who have been giving me validation in some form. Uh, for the past so many years, I've been cruel to them by telling them that they are not invested in what I'm doing, which is true to some extent, which is true to a large extent actually, because they'll never know how much discomfort a creator can be in to come up with something. 
there's a lot of discomfort that goes into play just that they don't get to see that they will be like are yaar isne to aise likh diya hoga hai but so many iterations are there so many times you are like eating but you are thinking of something and you lost in your thought by the time you're done with your lunch you have forgotten all those thoughts and you are literally kicking yourself because you have forgotten something and you're never going to retrieve it you're never going to get it back because it's like basically lost in the graveyard of your mind like how are you going to get those thoughts back so all these processes that a creator goes through i'm not saying ki matlab yaar this needs to be appreciated or applauded or written songs about no i'm not saying that it's just that as a creator as a writer or as a blogger as so many things that i can be on all these platforms i can never be at the same plane as my reader because my reader doesn't go through any of that now yeah. how do i convert a follower into a reader and from reader to someone who is more invested in what i'm doing is a is a different ball game all together and something i haven't figured out maybe in the next 10 years if i'm around and if i'm writing maybe i'll figure it out but right now i really don't know but for me as an as a as an evolution i've understood that this is what is happening because there's no way somebody else is going to understand how i come up with something they can say ki hello yaar i relate to this i i i started thinking about something because i read a line on your instagram feed but they'll never know what's the story what's the back story of those those creations right yeah and as you as you yourself know ki andar yaar internet is such a fickle place mm-hmm. people who love you today they will hate you today, tomorrow that's how it works people who are so called followers today they'll unfollow you tomorrow they don't care about you and correct this is something i've understood over time and it doesn't matter because it's a, it's like a river like your creation is a river and you keep on like putting in putting in putting in hoping the river will reach the sea someday but that's the only way to go about it otherwise you will be stuck you will be constantly stuck and that is the worst place to be as a creator it's your job to constantly just pouring in and pouring in and pouring in and hoping that someday you'll reach the sea if not it's fine but hoping that you'll reach the sea that should be your ultimate goal yep yep now since since you mentioned the metaphor for a sea and an ocean and and obviously you're a you're a man of depth and even in, even in college and now like the the way i speak to people the way i address people they can see some amount not some like huge amounts of depth in in the in the way i speak to them in the way i address their issues and obviously people know that someone who is comprised of a lot of depth they would have in depth experience in a lot of things they must be well read and that also gives them a channel to pour in their problems which has happened with me a lot like uh, i have been depressed on certain topics of my life but then i always believe that i want to selflessly help people because i tend to have solutions to problems that aren't mine so do you face a lot of people pouring in their problems onto your ocean because you're a man of depth how do you deal with that I constantly get messages like all the time on Instagram. Somebody will always be mailing me saying, "You know, I'm going through this. I'm going through that." Uh, most of the time, I address them, uh, but sometimes I don't. Like if it's something which is which is outside the orbit of my understanding, I'll tell them that I'm not the right person to advise them. But if it's something which I can address because it's something I I've gone through myself, 
then I'll tell them, okay, this is what you need to do. Uh, but uh, I've, I've also understood that, you know, what happens when, when you're younger? Most of these people are young. Uh, I don't think uh, people in their 30s are reaching out to me. It's mostly people in their uh, late teens or maybe in their 20s. They're reaching out and they're saying that uh, I'm going through hard times uh, with my studies. I'm not sure what I want to pick up as my career. Uh, uh, I'm going through a heartbreak, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell them the same things that uh, I always tell uh, even through my writing is that we most of the time, even if you're young, right, you know the answer. Mm-hmm. You already know the answer. It's just that I want Moit to tell me this is what the answer is. I want Shakti to tell me this is what the answer is. So it's like a, a pre-validation and post-validation of something you already know. And mm-hmm. I find that exercise so, so innocent. And I obviously, uh, it's like uh, you can't console them because we are dealing online and we are basically messaging. Uh, writing stuff, uh, but it is like I can't hug you, I can't do that, but I can be as kind as possible and I can tell you that I understand, at least I understand, I, I have empathy for you because mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're going through. Because as human beings, we all go through the same things in different forms, that's all. There's no like nobody has met an alien or like had like, like completely drastically down in. Draco type of no very few people do that most of us we go through the same channels we go through the same suffering we go through the same realizations so these these people who have reached out to me again and again and i've noticed that uh, the least i can do is be empathetic but sometimes yeah. i also understood that it doesn't work because they need to go through those channels and suffer and get their learnings on their own which is sad but uh, i think that is also a part of learning no exactly so, so when you see a question, obviously the moment you read something that you've given, you've like succumbed your attention to that particular question. The next thing is you will form an opinion. But like you rightly said, sharing your opinion or not sharing your opinion as to how it will impact someone else is a very conscious decision. And that's when you tell people that, you know what, you should do this or you know what, this is out of my, this is out of my league. This is something that uh, I understand what you go through. So while you form an opinion about everything, is it necessary to share that because you are at, at, at that pedestal where you've seen life more as compared to an early teenager or someone who is in his 20s or her 20s? So yeah, this is like a double-edged sword because uh, uh, whatever we see, right? So in, uh, in Buddhism, there is something called Vipassana, uh, which means that uh, your entire life's objective is to see things clearly. That's it. See things clearly for what they are, not what they could be. That's it. And I often und- not understood, I've tried to understand ki why what I see from my vantage point, how it is more important than what uh, Mohit sees from his vantage mm-hmm. point. We might be seeing the same things, right? Like there's no way two people are seeing the same rainbow because everybody is at different right. angle. And the same is true for different experiences in life or different opinions that we create for same things. But if somebody is approaching, then it becomes an exercise in uh, not to some extent vanity because your opinions are actually very vain because uh, that's what opinions are supposed to be. They are supposed to be vain. Today I believe in certain things, tomorrow I will believe in something else. But to answer that question, you will have to uh, take some recourse to opinion. It's again like a, like a, like a, like I started this uh, this answer. It's a double-edged sword because 
uh, there's no way you're going to strike a balance. Uh, if your intentions are right, great. But sometimes you become a victim of your own opinion. You're like, I say karna But that's not the right way because it might have worked for you. Most of it won't work for them because their familial uh, circumstances are different. Their, uh, maybe their, their whole setting is different. So these are, the, these are the caveats that you have to consider when you, when you put your opinion into their life because they are younger, just because they are younger. Yes. And, and since you mentioned about opinions and uh, through, the, through the history of time, right, we've seen opinions turning into beliefs in, from like, be it religion, be it government, be it multiple facets of our life. And one of the clear distinctions that I found of the definition as to how, what an opinion is and what a belief is, I actually again read that on your blog. So for our listeners, if you could, if you could distinct like how, what is an opinion and what is a belief and how, how do they actually overlap each other? So I'll, I'll tell you what, what happens as a, as a person, right? What we start is basic thought. Here, sky blue. Hai, no? And then we get into the nitty-gritties. No, no, sky blue nahi hai. Maybe this is inky blue, this is uh, azure blue, this is whatever. Like you keep on, like you keep on having these dimensions, new dimensions to your thought. And suddenly you realize that you reached a stage where you're not sure ki yaar, what I believe is true or not. I really don't know what I believe is true or not. And that point, when I really don't know what I believe is true or not, I recourse myself to opinion. Because that's the beauty of opinion. Opinion needs to change with time. But belief system is something else. Belief system is something which is crystallized. It's a, it's a, it's like uh, belief system is going to sustain for a longer time. That's what, mm. that's why belief systems are very difficult to. Uh, use a very harsh word, uh, manhandle. You can't, you can't, tum jag sakte, belief system. It's very difficult to do that. Whereas in opinion, I can sit with Mohit and I can change his opinion about Joe Biden or for that matter, even Donald Trump or for that matter, even Obama. But right. I can't do that with Mohit's belief system. Belief system is something which has been crystallized over years and years. And that is the main difference between uh, opinion and belief system. But to understand the difference, you need to know where it starts. It starts with a thought. Pani Gina hai, sky blue hai, Pope Catholic hai, whatever. Like these kind of basic start, uh, basic uh, stepping stones of thought you start with, and then you move towards opinion. And sad part about opinion in today's culture is that we stick to it so hard that you can't really distinguish between uh, opinion and belief system anymore really can't because the whole culture is so self-consumed just because he said something this 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 difference between opinion and belief system has changed a lot something you must have you must have posted somewhere on social media 10 years ago will haunt you back just because our 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 uh, uh, attention economy has has, has not evolved that much. We feel that what you were before, that was Provided you are terrible. If you are good, maybe you are a better person then. Maybe you are a terrible person now. But if you were a terrible person back then with a terrible thought or, a, or an opinion, you are still that person. Which is, which I find very ridiculous. But I think every generation has its uh, trademark. Maybe this is this generation's trademark. 
Yes, yes. Cannot agree more. So, uh, moving on to the last bit of our conversation, digressing from thoughts to actual words. Now, for me, I, I, uh, I perceive writing helping me in two ways. They help me meditate and they help me stimulate at the same time. So, what, what sort of selfish impact writing has towards you rather than providing value to the, to, to the readers, to the world, expressing your opinions individually, what does it do to you? When I started out, right, it was like, I'm going to impress the world. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be this like, greatest writer, maybe better than B.S. Naipaul types. This was like mm-hmm. my very childish, very early teen days, like uh, dream. And uh, eventually I realized that I was going to be So back then, the whole methodology was wrong because I was in awe of these people. I loved these people. People I worship basically because they wrote something the way I couldn't even imagine, right? And what happened was, since I was in all those people, right? I realized that maybe I want what they want, and what did they have? They had readers. So what I was cultivating was that readers appreciation I want validation from them. And slowly I realized over time that I really don't need the validation. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. Yes, I take care. So when that realization happened, which happened mostly around 2015 types, then I I generally believe that I bloomed as a writer. At least on my blog side, I like on my online uh, one-liner side, I was like I was always very uh, very to use the word you used. I was always in depth. I whatever I wrote, I had to get to the end of it. Like iski jana. That kind of uh, mentality I always had about one-liners. Uh, but on the blog side, which was more of a long-form writing, uh, after 2015, I realized that I don't need to impress anyone. I just need to write for myself. And it became a more and more selfish process. And that's when I feel, I generally believe, that I bloomed as a writer. That is when I felt that I can touch anything. It won't turn into gold, but I can touch anything. And today, when I look back for at least the fast, fast uh, six years of writing, uh, mm-hmm. I feel that I've... I've come a long way compared to what I did between 2006, 7 to 2015. I feel that this is this has been uh, this has been a combination of a lot of things, meditative, stimulative. It has been a lot of things actually in the past six years. The progress that I've had, uh, uh, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm kind of proud of. I'm pretty sure like mm-hmm. maybe 10 years down the line, I'll look back and I'll be like, Are you shitty understanding tha? which is what, how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to constantly break down yourself. You're supposed to Correct. go against yourself. That's, that's the only way. The moment you become uh, a victim or prisoner of your own belief system, your own understanding, then you're gone. You are not going to uh, uh, grow the way a tree is supposed to grow. Whenever you look out, you're supposed to feel the growth. And that is what mm-hmm. tree represents. That is what clouds represent. And that's what humans are supposed to be like. Uh, so you're supposed to constantly break yourself down. You're supposed to disperse the way cloud does. You're supposed to die the way a tree does. As you know, uh, more than 80% of a tree is almost dead at any given point of time. That's why it keeps on growing. So that's how humans are supposed to be. That's how uh, uh, that's why we, we are supposed to seek inspiration from rivers and rain and all these things. That, that's the only way to grow, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so just to, to end this long, lovely, beautiful conversation, like I have a trend of ending conversations of 
by giving enough value to people who've been loyal to us throughout this time listening to us so if you are if you are a budding writer because you've seen the hard journey you've seen the ups and downs you've you fell for that notion that i need readers and after a while you've realized i'm not writing for them i'm writing for myself something which helps me grow so if you are a budding writer in terms of psychologically and in terms of also professional growth how can they grow what are the career paths available out there uh, and post this question once you answer this questions i would uh, i would urge all our listeners to because the beautiful part of this particular platform is you get to speak with people you look up to like like for me it was it's it's an amazing session but i want you give i want to give that opportunity to a couple of folks who've been loyal to us listening to us so raise your hands ask to uh, request to to speak and if you have any questions for shakti post he answers this question please add yourself onto the queue and once shakti answers this question uh, shakti you have 10 minutes for us right 10 to 12 minutes sure yeah so just we'll take in a few questions if someone wants to interact with you uh, and post that i think uh, uh you you're free to go i won't hold you a prisoner of this app <laughs> so yeah so if you are a budding writer how to scale yeah, professionally what are the career paths available got it so uh, right now i feel that uh, anybody who feels that they have a bone of writing in them they should go for it and when i say go for it create uh, create a place for yourself it could be a blog it could be a social media presence like nurture it like put it out there nurture it so that when you are in a position to pitch yourself because when you pitch yourself you're not just pitching yourself you're pitching the work that you have and how, we, how do you do that you do that through repository it could be a series of blogs it could be a series of very nicely put out thoughts it could be tweets could be some creative stuff on instagram so these this these uh, platforms they are very good they are like the perfect nurturing points for budding writers this is something which when i was uh, uh, coming out i i i didn't have i didn't even realize that i have i can i can use this place as something which i can i can kind of you know uh, use as a jump start but i didn't didn't have the understanding back then but right now uh, things are very smooth and the best part about today's uh, generation is you can reach out directly when you feel you know like i have the potential to uh, write for maybe you have some uh, uh, some ambition towards uh, uh, copywriting in an ad agency or if you want to write for a particular company like let's say let's be ambitious let's let's say you want to write for spotify someday or maybe a nike mm-hmm. for someday all these uh, like uh, brilliant aspirational companies try to reach out and when you do that make sure that you have the proper repository to go with it because these people the people who judge your work right they don't have a lot of time on their hand they need to mm-hmm. snap it out they need to say ki matlab yaar are yaar isme isme hai kuch they need to like look at your social media profile or your portfolio or some work you did on dribble or some other platform they need to look at it and within like a snap of a second they need to understand that that's exactly what they are looking for because what happens is in an organization or in a setup or an institution what happens is they are trying to solve some problems at that particular period of time and you can pitch in at that time you get what i'm saying yeah. so this is like this is like this is like you fit in properly so how do you do that you present yourself in that manner you can't be haphazard you can't have grammatical mistakes in your mail right write a million mails if you want but make sure your mails are so airtight that there is no scope for this silly mistakes no grammatical errors no out of syntax no 
this kind of stuff like they hold you back these are the little things that they hold you back right so do all your hygiene check properly and mm-hmm. build all these repositories build all this platform make the most of it reach out to people build your community in the sense that build fellow budding right build build a group of people you know who are in your category like who are in your league who are trying to break out because internet is full of them that's that's the beauty of internet like we can reach out to people who think like us who write like us or maybe not exactly like us but somewhere in the same league and we understand each other's pain and you create this this band of brothers and sisters and then you move ahead because that's how community building works but there are individual ways to go about it too but i'm saying like on a on a on a more holistic level there there are so many platforms which help you uh, kind of weed out what works and what doesn't work it could be reddit it could be this platform particularly it could be any other place like where people have this communal feeling communal bond and make the most of it it could be linkedin for that matter but make mm-hmm. the most of it but before you do that do your hygiene check properly don't don't do half as job put your 100% into it because nobody owes anything to you remember that when somebody rejects you right they don't mm-hmm. owe anything to you that is the first lesson of failure what we don't even feedback yeah like feedback is something which is like out of courtesy they should be giving you feedback but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes maybe they are too busy or too occupied to care about a feedback ideally they should be giving you a feedback so that you can improve but again in a very dog in dog world maybe they don't even owe you and owe you feedback maybe right mm-hmm. so be prepared for that be prepared for that. don't don't take failure for well then don't first of all don't take yourself for granted and then don't take fail up to heart like okay, this is the end of it no every stepping stone will build you you don't know the future something will work out every single time something will work out it's just that you need to put your best you have you have assured yourself that you are a, you are you want to be a writer right and writer's mm-hmm. job is never going to be easy it's, it's one of the most difficult jobs out there trust me on this true true so let me get a few people on the on the panel and in the in the meantime there's a question for you that how ranga inspires you to to write shakti yeah. from prachita so yeah so while uh, ranga is a most sorted dog like uh is uh, prachita talk saying something i heard someone say something no anjali i'll i'll ask i'll give the cue to anjali when uh, you finish this answer but then there was a question cool, on the cool. chat that how how does ranga inspire you to write post that anjali you Anj- can ask your question sorted i'll do that so uh, the thing about ranga is uh, what what i've understood is uh, uh, when so when when you are in company of a dog uh, dog uh, they they kind of absorb their humans characteristics this is actually scientific study actually like if you mohit is angry his dog uh, brownie will be angry that's how it works mm-hmm. because they absorb energy uh, so the way i look at ranga is he is sorted to a large extent and he is like retired so mentally i am also retired it's just that i'm working mentally i feel that i'm retired all the time so i feel that we are kind of like feeding off each other's energy because he is also like he's been retired from day one he's been with us for five years now and in two cities he was earlier with us in gurgaon now he's with us in mangalore and from day one he has been retired and i'm thinking like maybe somewhere he is my spirit animal like he we are like each other's reflection and creatively i feel he doesn't inspire me much because <laughs> like you you can't find inspiration in retirement right so he doesn't inspire me but he keeps me grounded like 
it's fine like it's it's chill everything is fine <laughs> yeah if somehow we convert this into a dog understanding language and if he listens to this he's not going to be happy <laughs> but yes anjali so. anjali you can ask your question now y- yes yeah yeah hi anjali i'm good i'm good so what you are facing is incoherence incoherence of thoughts like how how do i build from one to another scenario it could be anything it could be a story it could be a skit it could be a proper paragraph it could be a, a proper like 1000 words blog post on a subject so one way to do it is like to point on stuff like make it a habit this is a, i'm i i think i'm kind of old school here but make it a habit to note down stuff so what happens is when you note down right you have this muscle memory your fingers are involved and if you remember which you obviously do that you spent nearly 20 years of your time writing down stuff in school kindergarten after college same same things right so you kept on doing that so right now you should be doing the same thing because you've been practicing that for a long time so your muscle memory will help you join your thoughts now this is on the muscle side on the uh, intellectual slash mental side this is something you have to figure out like how do i connect abc to mno to xyz that is a challenge to you as a writer as a as a thinker you are supposed to do that and it is going to come to you eventually the initial days will always be incoherent this is like a very very normal early stage uh, issues and trust me this is a very good issue to have because eventually when you keep on writing you reach a stage where you will be having the exact opposite of incoherence which is writer's block and that is a terrible place to be compared to that being incoherent is awesome it's brilliant so what you need to do right now is note down stuff and try to connect it somehow try to connect try to create a yarn around it and once you create a yarn around it you realize that you are a very fluid thinker because without being a fluid thinker you can't be a good writer writing comes secondary the first stuff is you have to be a fluid thinker so right now what you are what you are facing a challenge with is incoherence of thoughts so you keep on working on this keep on note making notes and try to connect stuff right it could be anything it could be observational stuff very observational stuff like somebody said something uh, your uh, uh, niece said something to you your mother said something to you and you build a narrative around it and you slowly reach to a stage where you're concluding stuff and that's how you build your yarn you start with things you know and then you move towards stuff you have no idea about but you're trying to understand it or them that is the gradual progression of
I'll just add one more point to what you said just now. Like, what happens is without without reading a lot, right? You won't be able to write. It's like uh, it's like I I I need to jog a bit to run faster tomorrow. Is that what I'm saying? So that reading is the is like the foundation. So you read and read and you reach reach a stage where you are like your research is done. If I may, can I talk about this? I can say something about this because I've read something, and then you build your own understanding. That's what I'm saying. Like the world, like yeah, somebody rightly mentioned in the in the chat somewhere, like uh, uh, aren't opinions about uh, uh, facts or for the matter even belief system? And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's true. But the thing is, uh, your understanding is very independent. It could be yeah, same event chal raha hai. I look at it, Mohit look at looks at it, you look at it, but we all create our own narrative. We all create our own understanding, and that is the stage we are supposed to reach as a writer. otherwise what will happen is you're going to be a unidimensional writer and that is a very a terrible place to be try to be very multifaceted like if something bores you like when you're reading something and something bores you right read it fully take it as challenge you buy my padunga because i've spent so much time in school in education the least i can do is read the least i can do is try to consume it and then try to pictureize it and then put down in words that should be the exercise and after a while in a, after a while I mean a long while your research will be so solid that you'll be able to write you'll be able to learn around so many things that you'll be like amazed by yourself and hopefully you won't be amazed by yourself i hope you're never amazed by yourself because the moment you are amazed by yourself you feel ke yaar yahi hai mera iske aage nahi ja sakti hu main and that is a terrible place to be so right now your focus should be on reading more noting down stuff more making observations and then building yarns without building yarns it's very difficult to be a multifaceted writer otherwise you're going to be stuck around writing certain things and never be able to touch other things and that's not a that's not a good place to be makes a lot of sense yes thanks for asking that guys question. yes guys just uh, since i i only asked shakti for 6:30 7:30 so i'm going to hold him are nights okay we can we can uh, add 10 more minutes i have some Is work. Awesome, so, awesome. It's fine. So, no, I just wanted to put you in that moral obligation. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for doing that. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, Sagar, you can you can ask your question. Sure, sir. Uh, first of all, hi Mohit, hi Shakti, hi Anjali, uh, and hello everybody. Uh, for, thank you so much for this wonderful session. And Shakti, I I just have one question for you. Uh, since you just mentioned that uh, you know we being in the say in the time in the in the conversation, we build our own narratives, right? Uh, in order for somebody to write in a proper manner, uh, there is a certain level of context which is required. what i tend to do personally is in order to explain that context i i i i over explain it certain times and my question happens to be uh, how do you articulate your thoughts in a such a manner where you're able very limited words i i tend to speak a lot at times i'm not really able to articulate my own thoughts and you know speak in the most limited words what would your suggestion be on that particular i believe that that is everybody everybody like who wants to write right everybody's challenge like to use minimal words uh, 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 somebody asked on the chat before that is it necessary to use lot of words like is it necessary to use heavy words is it necessary to use long words uh, my answer is very simple no there is no need to do any of that whatever you feel ke matlab yaar this word or this phrase adds value to my idea or my 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 expression then let's go ahead with it i am not answerable to anyone i'll go ahead with this 
but to answer uh, uh, sagar's question right uh, this is this is an art form it takes time obviously it takes time but you need to start with verbosity which is like using lot of word and then cutting it down to down to down to down to certain level where you are like minus the 1000 words se shuru kiya tha and then i'm seeing the same thing in 500 words or maybe 400 words obviously you won't be able to do that in a drastic jump you'll have to start with 1000 to 800 pehle and then eventually you'll be such a good editor of your own work which is a very difficult place to be because most people they might be good writer but they are very terrible editor when it comes to their own creation because when you write something right you feel ki maine apna khud ka kuch create kiya it's like my baby right so i'm not going to mutilate my baby and then you become attached to your work and then you don't want to cut it down oh so, i would advise you ki yaar whatever you write right you feel ki matlab maine bahut zyada likh diya so put that draft sleep over it put that draft like side mein rakho usse sleep over it tomorrow the next day go back to it and then keep on cutting it ki bhai maine itna lamba kyu likha isko aur kam kar sakte hain and then cut it down cut it down cut it down and then you'll realize you are not only an effective writer but you are also an efficient writer there's a clear distinction between effective writer and efficient writer try to be both of them but most most of the time it's better to be an efficient writer than an effective writer that makes sense so even while in conversations right i sometimes tend to over explain things not only with respect to writing but uh, you know it's it's just how i i'm kind of uh, one of a purpose for me to be on this app is to practice the skill of using very minimal words and at the same time putting across my point is just the main thing i'm not really able to do that is it, would there be any suggestions on the same i know it comes from practice but is there any like framework or certain practices that you probably can do Uh, you are asking the asking the wrong person here because uh, speaking is something which is not natural to me i uh, let's say 3 months ago if uh, movita has asked me this like i wouldn't have said yes to it because i am nowhere close to mohit's fluency like he's eloquent like he speaks with such command that i can't do that because i am i am the kind of person who hides behind his laptop and keeps on writing i can type stuff i can't i can't speak so i i won't be the right person to advise you here but my whatever little understanding because in march i decided that i'm going to stop being this person who is shy of uh, talking to people uh, so that's when i started this youtube channel and started posting my stuff there where i where i say uh, certain things about certain topics for less than like 3 minutes 3 minutes video that's it so this is something which i'm trying to do so uh, whatever little i've understood in the past 3 3 months is like uh, uh, the 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 initial the first step is to create this confidence in you this maybe fake confidence but confidence is confidence even if it's fake it's okay create this confidence in you that whatever you're saying right you believe in it because most of the most of what we call conversation is theatrics it is theatrics basic theatrics uh, mohit will agree with me because he's uh, he has a background in sales that you're selling you're selling your thoughts you're selling your ideas so the moment you become confident in what you're saying your own own apprehensions that you're having right now like your ios print stuff you won't be having that at all obviously it could be verbose but there might be a way to circumvent it to be so fluent so commanding so confident in your words ki bhai samne wale ko fark hi nahi pad raha ki tum itne words use kar liye they are like they are like sold by you so that could be one way to deal with this so called problem in my opinion it's not a problem if you have a good listener then it doesn't matter whether you use 100 words or 1000 words but as a writer i will suggest that bring it down to as minimal as possible 
because this is something I have tried uh, since 2018. I started writing paragraphs. If you might, if you have seen my blogs, you must have seen that I create paragraphs instead of writing a long blog of 1,000, 1,500 words. I create these short paragraphs. So this is something I've been practicing on my own. So this, these could could channel you towards a place where you're more confident as a writer as well as a speaker. Yeah. So just to add here, like on the on the speaker bit. So as human beings, right, we speak to impress, and you have certain expectations that the words which will come out of your mouth should impress or should make sense at least. And and for that very concept in in sales and in general conversations, what I've realized. There is a concept called mirroring. And uh, I'll give you a simple example. Let's say, like, this is how I usually talk, right? This is like my, me unchained raw. This is how I usually talk to my friends, be it on a public platform, be it in front of my clients. Now, tomorrow, if if all of a sudden I introduce Shakti that, hey, welcome to my radio show. We have Shakti here. And he might not say it to my face, but he might think, why is this guy budding with so much energy? What is wrong with him? Is he coked up or what? And that's one of the thoughts that might that people might have, which might prevent me from having a meaningful relationship with a person like Shakti. On the contrary, if you mirror that, if I, if my tonality, if my fluency, if my depth of words resonates with the, with the kind of uh, reflection that I'll get from Shakti, we have, we have a higher chance of developing a meaningful relationship. So what what we tend to do as human beings that we we tend to pull, put ourselves first that i have to impress this person i have to impress this crowd that we don't gauge the crowd so there is a framework which which i use which is an open ended close ended open ended close ended that while you put across a fact or put across your opinion if you follow that up with a question which should make sense which should be connected to that fact you're giving the other person a chance to also speak their mind and based on that tonality, you actually judge that do you have to use a lot of words or are you just putting too much pressure on yourselves to impress someone? As soon as you're mirroring the same tonality, the same thought process, the same depth, you will automatically form those meaningful relationships. Yeah, this, this actually this makes so much sense here. The whole mirroring aspect is stamp brilliant actually. That's all yes. that makes a lot of sense. So we'll take two last questions, Shakti, and then I think uh, yeah. we'll, uh, I've, I've just gotten uh, a couple of speakers on the panel. Also, guys, if you want to populate your questions in the chat, feel free to do so. I'm not sure. I don't think those speakers, I think they've left the panel. They had requested me for it. But I think if there is a question that you would want to put up on chat, yeah, one more question that I had, like whenever I write something existential, right? There is this one cliched question that comes that, Mohit, what do you think is the meaning of life? And I get very, <laughs> I get very irritated because then like I want to re respond to them. Like I really want to reply to them because that's me, right? I like responding. I like making conversations, but also I want to provide something meaningful. How do you, how do you deal with this question? I, have you received this yeah, question? Yeah, you must have, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've done two. So every year I do one AMA on Instagram uh -huh. once a year. So uh -huh. I, I last year also I get the same questions like, uh, what do you what do you think uh, uh, makes a life meaningful? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? Blah blah blah. So uh, these are all uh, very uh, uh, what do you say? They are very pithy questions. Like it doesn't uh, doesn't hold water. 
बिकॉज यू नो दी आंसर द वे अंजली लुक्स एट लाइफ विल डिफाइन अवर मीनिंग ऑफ लाइफ द वे सागर लुक्स एट इज लाइफ विल डिफाइन हिज मीनिंग ऑफ लाइफ इज नो वे वन पर्सन लाइक मी बींग एन एक्सटर्नल एंटिटी हेल्प यू विद दैट आंसर बिकॉज इट्स अ वेरी पर्सनल इट्स अ वेरी पर्सनल स्पेस टू बी the whole meaning of life because we don't really share our fears anxieties uh, our demons with uh, with the way uh, the way we 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 share our uh, happiness or our successes right so there's this never there's never going to be a place where you'll be like uh, maybe uh, uh, i'll i'll figure out uh, the meaning of life the way uh, roger federer did or lionel messi did or warren buffett did. no it's never going to be like that because their story is completely different their journey is completely different you don't know how, whether they are sleepless at night like so these questions are very redundant they are first of all very out of out of uh, date and uh, we need to come up with uh, better questions we need to come up with questions like uh, mohit did you sleep last night these kind of questions these are these are more personal and more relevant questions right because yeah. they mean they that there is depth to it meaning of life is because the, to 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 give to answer your question the meaning of life keeps on changing the okay. only place where it doesn't change is a dictionary Everywhere else, it keeps on changing. So, what's the point of asking this question? So, like, just to just to end this conversation, like, for me, being an engineer, I like like a definitive answer for everything, right? So, after like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a huge fan of the choice theory, and uh, how our choices impact our lives. Obviously, we can go on about it, but then then I finally devised like a theorem. I call it a theorem because I use it like. anyone or everyone ask me like what is the meaning of life i have one answer and which is like uh, life is a perpetual alteration of reality caused by the choices you make and uh, if your choice is to know the meaning of yeah if 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 your choice is to find the meaning of life you will and i put on them and then there is no like follow up because they know like they've gotten like a satisfied answer so every like in my ama in my questions in my poems anytime everyone ask me this question i just put the ball in their court and i like wash my hands of it <laughs> that that's exactly how an engineer is supposed to address these questions <laughs> <laughs> okay okay guys thank you so much for tuning in i really appreciate shakti for taking out the time and uh, i hope these conversations were stimulating enough for you and uh, would love to do this uh, sometime in the near future as well but again thank you so much from all the listeners as well as from me this has been personally a really really insightful session for for me like one of the most insightful sessions that i have done on this platform so cannot thank you enough if you have a parting note shakti feel free or else we can wrap this up uh stay safe <laughs> stay like uh, whatever whatever you're doing right try to try to try to be happy at it don't don't try to be the best at it uh, because you'll you'll be disappointed there's no way you're going to be the best at anything there's always be going to be someone who's going to be better than you and then you'll feel that yaar ye to khatam nahi hona so try to be happy at whatever you're doing try to find happiness happiness the pursuit of happiness is something which begins and ends with you so try to do that this is something i've realized very late in life so i'm going to end the end this on that note ki yaar try to find happiness in what you're doing and you'll never have a bad day at work you'll never have a never have, never feel that that hollowness which which our generation is dealing with uh, you'll never have that so um, do that and uh, if it works out let me know uh, how you did it awesome thank you so much guys thank you for tuning in and with this we will 
end this session and uh, i have asked the team of avalon to please please record this session as soon as i record the session obviously shakti i will share it with you if you want to make content out out of it i will definitely make yeah. content out of it <laughs> yeah please do that we'll share it on instagram yeah <laughs> awesome awesome thank you so much guys thank you for tuning in it's been a lovely lovely evening thank you so much bye bye